Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Visit us online at beerguysradio.com. We are radio for the local craft beer movement, broadcasting from our flagship studios at AM 920 The Answer in lovely Buckhead, Atlanta. I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. In today's show, we're going to do some book learning, Aaron. Awesome, fancy We're going to talk learning. history, All right. and we're going to talk beer. I love it. So we are joined this week in the studio by Ron Smith and Mary O'Boyle. Y'all, thanks so much for joining us this week. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. And they are the authors of Atlanta Beer, A Heady History of Brewing in the Hub of the South, and Prohibition in Atlanta. So some good stuff there. Yeah, definitely. They certainly know their stuff about uh, Atlanta beer and uh, alcohol history. That's a great thing to study. There's some fascinating history of Atlanta I I was a history minor, and if I'd known that I could study that, I would have probably put it a major and, like, done that. So, you know, I just... I just drank it on my own. So anyway, yes. Yeah. So so yeah. So busy week for you. You've had so you had some. You made the rounds. So I did a little bit. You yeah, did a I went. Bit. Uh, I went out last weekend to the Emmy Lou release mm-hmm. uh, with Wild I love Heaven, that which beer. beer we got to sample. We talked there to uh, Eric Johnson and Wayne Wombles over uh, when they were brewing their collaboration at uh, at Wild Heaven. So they had the official release of it. Went up there, got to enjoy it. They did a nice cheese pairing with the beer. Some of their other ones, just a really good time. So. I made the rounds in Kennesaw a little earlier this week and went to uh, Burnt Hickory, went to the Nest there for some barbecue and beer, and then uh, over to Dry County, hung out with uh, their head brewer, Baron Sluter, talked to him about the beer, got to sample a stout that they're working on that they've got. Nice. Uh, some cocoa and peppers and that in there. Really nice. So something there. It's still working, but it'll mm-hmm. be released soon. That sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, That's good. good stuff. I was pretty boring this week. Uh, you know, I had a couple of beers. Uh, one is the Burial Bolo Coconut Brown. Went over to Lincoln Fill Station last week. Had a really rough day. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I had a two-hour commute home, and I'm like, you know what? I just I just need a beer. And so the guys in Lincoln Fill hooked two me up. Com- That's that time I had traffic on my way to work, too, wasn't it? The, yeah, the yeah. The dog it was sleeping tough. in the oh, hallway gosh, that's where the I tried worst. to cross over. So, yeah. I know. Yes. Yeah. You love, see, you're lucky you work from home. Yeah. You have to experience the lovely Atlanta commute. So, also, I had Main Beer Company's Beer 4. I'm kind of going through my Main Beer Company that I brought back this summer, which is, yeah. uh, that's their experimental uh, IPA. They've got Cascade, Simcoe, Meridian, and Equinox hops. So, nice beer. I prefer lunch. Of course, dinner, but, uh, too. But, uh, but, no, that was a pretty good beer as well. So, can't Plenty complain. to choose from, right? Definitely a lot to yeah. choose from. So speaking of a lot to choose from, crack open and the cold one. Of the week. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. We've got uh, several Truck and Tap Beers of the Week, don't we? We do. Yes. We do. So I dug into my cellar slash closet and uh, pulled out some, nothing, nothing ancient here, but a few since we're talking Atlanta beer history. I grabbed a few from uh, from my cellar. I have a Red Brick 20th Anniversary, uh, which is barrel-aged nice. stout from 2013. I have Sweetwater 17th, which is from 2014, and a Terrapin Tiramisu from 2015. Nice. And that's, uh, Ron, Mary, you guys brought some. You brought a homebrew for us, didn't you? You brought a stout. Right. And yep. we've, we've got uh, got a few others there. So we have... Plenty to choose from. We have quite a selection. Of course, we started off beforehand. Uh, Mighty Night Brewing's uh, Blood Orange Blind Pirate just came out, and I just got a six pack of that at Hop City today. So I got a pregame a little bit. So so you have all the older beers, and now this is a brand new one. So I'm pretty excited about that. So uh, anyway, we've got uh, some headlines to get to. So let's get into them. 
What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Sponsored by Your Pie Perimeter in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center across from Perimeter Mall. Yeah, unfortunately, we need to start off and uh, get some not-so-good news. Unfortunately, uh, we do have a passing to talk about. Uh, Damian Schaefer, he's a stalwart in Georgia's craft beer scene. Uh, He passed away uh, earlier, and, of course, he was working on uh, taking up a normal town artisanal brewery in Kachina, so kind of a brew pub working on that. Uh, Certainly a heavyweight in the food and beer scene here. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he uh, just passed away uh, because of cancer. So that's Damien was a good friend to a lot of people here. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people within both the culinary and beer scenes. Uh, he'll definitely be missed. Uh, you know, sad to hear that uh, hear that happen. Definitely. Now, some a uh, little bit better news. Uh, there's a new uh, head brewer at Twain's Brew Pub Indicator. Of course, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, you know, uh, guys, uh, David Stein from Creature Comforts used to be the head brew head brewer there at Twain's. Uh, Chase Medlin, who was there just previously, he's opening up a new craft brewery in my neck of the woods in Chambly. That's going to be open hopefully in spring 2017, Locomotions Brewing. So because he left, they had to hire somebody new, and uh, they hired Mike Castagno. And uh, he is a local home brewer of note and uh, one of the guys from the Covert Hop Society. Those guys are everywhere. Yeah. that's uh, The folks are excited about that. That's Definitely. A lot of people know Mike, have tried his beers. Say he's a good guy. I heard that he's a water chemistry wizard, Uh-oh. a great home brewer, so it should be an awesome. Those water chemistry guys, I, they're way above my head when it comes to that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's tricky uh, stuff. But it's good. the magic. No, it's good. So congratulations to Mike, uh, new head brewer at Twain's Brew Pub in Decatur. So uh, we uh, actually was we felt very official uh, earlier this week. We actually had a conference call with Creature That's Conference. That's right. We did. And you, usually when I'm on conference calls, it's extremely boring stuff about spreadsheets and, and, and other types of paperwork. But we got to talk to the guys about beer. Beer. That's right. So fill us in. What uh, what, what are we talking so about? So Creature Comforts has a, a, a new project they're working on. And project's not really the right word. They've expanded their space. They've got a new brewing vessel in there. And they've uh, they've taken a bright tank and a fermenter and dedicated them to uh, the innovation project, which is the method that they're going to use going forward uh, to come up with new beers, uh, you know, to try out some new things. They're at the brewery. Mm -hmm. Uh, The results of this innovation project are going to be available in limited draft within the brewery, very, very limited in accounts outside of the brewery, and available in cans at the brewery for to-go souvenirs. Very nice. So they've already announced the first beer from that uh, program will be Crescendo, Mm -hmm. an IPA, uh, using using a new hop, uh, Grüngeist. Grüngeist. Green Ghost. There you go. So, From Germany. Yeah, it should so. be a tropical fruity beer. So Excellent. they've got a couple more that are already planned, a double IPA and a coffee stout. So it should be a really cool a really cool way for Creature Comforts to get some more beers out. Definitely. Market. And again, that's going to be sort of a thing that's going they're going to do at the tap room themselves. So yep. uh, so head to uh, Creature Comforts and hopefully get some good beers. That's starting at the end of the month, too, right? So I believe uh, she said. Okay, I don't like want to mess my date up here, okay. but I, I think. I don't want to say exact date. So, yes. That's, you, you know, I would refer to my email, but I'm almost positive they said October 25th. I think you're right. That'll be on tap in the tap room, and they're talking, they're targeting November 1st. For the cans to be available. Yeah, so don't so blame them if it's wrong. So you may want to check with them first. Verifying those dates. Exactly. You do See, that, the right? Well, precision matters. See, exactly, right. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So uh, we do know the dates, though, for, for something new that, that happened, too. Uh, Terrapin and Fox Brothers, uh, they're going to have a restaurant, and Terrapin has got a brew lab uh, at uh, the new Brave Stadium at SunTrust Stadium they're building right now. So spring 2017 looks like Terrapin is going to be the beer of choice for people, because uh, the SunTrust Park, of course, will be 
a park, of course, the Atlanta Braves Stadium, but they'll also kind of have like a downtown Disney type of right. strip mall area where they've got food and, and, and a bunch of other stuff that's, that'll be open year-round. And the, yeah. so these, Aaron, if I remember correctly, I've seen some of the ren- renderings. You'll actually be able to go to that tap room and microbrewery brew lab outside of the games, right? Exactly. You don't have so, to go in. Like with the current Turner Field, you've got to go in to go to everything. This will be accessible outside of the state. Yeah, this will be open year-round. From uh, cool. you know, We talked to Spike earlier at, a, at an event at the Fox Brothers, and they said that uh, yeah, it'll be year-round. And he's excited because uh, they're going to have a new pilot system, that, which they've never mm-hmm. had before. So right. they're able to kind of try out some new things and uh, test it out. And so it's, it's, it's again, a good, good fit for, for Spike and those guys. Very so, cool. That's fun. And finally, uh, Matthew. Uh, of course, a big hurricane that rolled on through the coastal area uh, affected Savannah, uh, of course, sure. and that was the thing. So uh, the folks uh, from Connect Savannah kind of did a roll call for all the craft beer uh, distributors and, and breweries in the area. The good news is it looks like pretty much everyone escaped unscathed from Matthew. Uh, Southbound said didn't they didn't really have any issues out there. Most of the employees had some damage, but other than that, they were good. Coastal Empire didn't really have a lot of problems either. The only significant problem was at Service, of course. Uh, Service has their uh, Lincoln's Gift, which is their Oyster Stout. They said that they're going to be delayed a little bit in getting that out. They wanted to get a November 5th release, but due to the storm, uh, basically kept the oysters from developing correctly, right, or them, them harvesting it. Okay. So their oyster yeah. distributor won't be able to get them to them. So expect to see a delay on that uh, that Lincoln's I've heard that's stout. a big thing with those storms that come through. Mm-hmm. It really does shake up, you know, the, the oyster beds and that. Yeah, so. definitely. So, yeah, that's uh, headlines, and we're going to take a break right now, and we're going to crack open a Truck and Tap Beer of the Week talk with Ron Smith and Mary O'Boyle. Plus, we'll have the Whale of the Week coming. Stay tuned. You'll listen to the Beer Guys Radio show. We'll be back after this. I'm Garrett Lockhart, president and brewmaster at Red Rick Brewing, and you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. The Beer Guys are back right after this. Morgan and Lisa with Your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for a beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep, brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work. Or bring the family in. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all our beer events and specials, including beer tastings that you won't find anywhere else. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. Tell them that the beer guy sent you. Hey, it's Aaron. I want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor. It's Hopspot Beer Tours of Atlanta. Now, there's a lot of tours out there, but what makes Hopspot Beer Tours different? Well, you get exposure. There's more to Atlanta craft beer than just breweries. A Hopspot Beer Tour gives you the who, what, where, and when to craft beer right here in Atlanta and the state. Education. Whether you're a native, a transplant, or a visitor, you'll always learn something new. And connection. Hopspot connects you to guests, local breweries, and businesses to create those lasting relationships. We invite you to check out what makes Hopspot different. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at HopspotATL, and of course, visit HopspotBeerTours.com. Use promo code BEERGUYS10 and receive 10% off your order. Hopspot Beer Tours. Hop on, get connected. That's HopspotBeerTours.com. It's Aaron and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer servers are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks, Dave. 
daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guy sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Shake it back! Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Come over and check us out at BeerGuysRadio.com. We are broadcasting from the AM920 The Answer Studios in beautiful Buckhead, Atlanta, Georgia. And we're talking Georgia beer history this week, actually. So we've got Ron Smith and Mary O'Boyle in the studio. And uh, we're going to talk about their books about Atlanta's beer history and Prohibition in Atlanta. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm a history nerd and a beer right. nerd, so like this com- combines both of my loves. So I'm very excited about Works this. Out. So, so guys, so. Uh, you know, let's get into it. Atlanta has had a pretty long and rowdy history of beer. I mean, it was a railroad hub back in the day, of course, when it first right. started. You'd assume that uh, alcohol and the railway workers probably went hand in hand. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. They, uh, when it was a uh, terminus, that was, they would talk mm. about how everybody would just switch houses between people and, you know, okay, well, Bob, it's your house this week. You know, we're going to have the moonshine over here. And uh, they just kept going around and around. And um, Atlanta's first mayor, when it actually got to uh, around to being a, a city, was a guy who made uh, steels, basically. Okay. So he's, uh, you know, sort of a coppersmith, tinsmith, and everything, and made uh, Moses Formwalt made uh, steels and was the, um, the guy who had the first saloon in Atlanta. Okay. So, 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 so now, yeah, so Moses Formwalt, which I love this, by the way, the name of his political party was the Free and Rowdy Party. Yes. Which is fantastic. Free and rowdy. You just can't make this stuff up. And you know? yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he went up against Jonathan Norcross, which that name probably sounds familiar to, to us folks here in Atlanta. There was the Moral Party. So you had the Moral Party versus <laughs> I know the Free and I'm Rowdy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we, if we only had these parties around right, now, yeah. you know. Make it clear, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I would totally have a lot yeah. more fun. Exactly. Now, now, y'all, back at that time, saloons were really... The way, right? Or around that time, saloons were very popular. Atlanta was a huge saloon town for quite a while, right? Absolutely, yeah. It went through taverns. Okay. You know, there was a period, uh, 1830s to, you know, just prior to the Civil War where you're talking about taverns, mm-hmm. uh, like Irby's Tavern here in, in Buckhead. Whitehall was the first one. The street was right. named after, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now Peachtree. Uh, but, um, yeah, after that point, you know, after you have uh, Moses come in in 1840s and open up a saloon, you see more and more saloons opening and to the point that hundreds in this uh, you know small frontier town of Atlanta. Now, now would all these these uh, pub saloons would they make their own alcohol? Would they get that shipped in, or a little bit of both? Uh, they would they would get it shipped in. There mm-hmm. was like the um, you know Cincinnati Ale House, uh, the Railroad Depot. You would you had the uh, the local breweries. You had a uh, you had the you know, R M Rose Distillery. So you had just a plethora of, of places to get it in town. You had the mountain guys coming in from everywhere. I mean, even back then, even pre-prohibition, you had the, the guys with the sled bringing in the barrel of whiskey and selling it to the rectifiers who would combine it together and make some whiskey and stuff. So it, it was And they po- actually distilled in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Some it of is them noted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just bring your wagon on in and... Touch your wagon just, in, fire the still sure. up, make you some white light. Yeah, that's right? it. Exactly. So, that, yeah, so I mean, it, it came in... Just every way you could think of, really. Okay. Now, one of no. our listeners on Facebook, by the way, ha- has this question. Okay. Is there a difference between a tavern and a saloon, or is it just like a hotel-motel type of a thing? It's uh, Well, taverns were a little bit laid out more like a house. 
if you okay. will, like okay, a, sure. a public house. Mm-hmm. So, so when you think of you know the term public house and, and the pub, and you got nooks and crannies and everything else, um, and it was more open for travelers. I mean, okay. you know, I was going to say because bed then, and breakfast. Right, uh-huh. it was at the crossroads, right? Right. So you'd have people coming through, and that's where a okay. lot of them would spring up, is at the crossroads. Right. Then when people, you know, once this was terminus, and then people are more fixed, and it's not just a pass-through, right? Mm-hmm. People are staying. Then you start to... So the saloon style, was that more like we see in the Old West? Open, stand-up bar, and kind of... Exactly. And the tavern is kind of almost very similar to, like, Fado, for example, with a lot of yes. those nicks and crannies and those types mm-hmm. of things. Right. Okay. Interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah, more, more uh, family-friendly... The taverns were in, mm-hmm. in the early days because you had families traveling together and stuff. And the saloon, like you said, is more open. You know, the, the stereotypical the brass rail. Yeah, salon. The salon. Okay. Um, and uh, it became a male bastion pretty much as far as, you know, the only men are going in there. This is an industrial age, you know, yep. at this point. And you have separation into the, you know, the realm of the house and the realm of the industry or whatever. And basically just men in saloons. You know, the women could come to the side doors, or the kid would come to the side door with a pail called a growler Mm -hmm. and uh, pick up the family's beer, you know, and go rushing the growler back. Um, You can still do some of that stuff in the early 70s, you know. I don't think think they do it now, but I can remember uh, in Nebraska going in and and grabbing my dad. I should. I'm sure I can't. uh, No, you can't say but but still. But back then they'd send you in there. We had this little shop called Mel's. He'd send me in and he's like, tell him, you know, I want to. A six pack of Miller or whatever, and they yeah, you, know, you get six pack of Miller. Yeah, you, need your, sure. you just need a thing of Marlboro Reds, you know. You get your yeah, coffee, you get exactly. your smokes, and your beer, and have your kid come in there and get it. So that's uh, yeah. Oh, we had we have say. a friend that uh, I was just gonna say yeah. yeah we have a friend who's was it her aunt? I believe it was. Yeah. It was her aunt or her mother would actually do the the literal pale walking mm-hmm. for three blocks to and the it, neighborhood. You know, bar basically, bar. Yeah, and they'd exactly. fill it up, and and she would get. I'm trying to remember what she would get. An extra penny or a nickel if she could bring it back at the same level that she left there. Okay. So she would very carefully manage this open-topped pail huh. and ladle for the it original. Out. That's yeah, and funny. she'd very carefully get it home. And Never then, spill the like, beer. That's, that's right. That's, that's right. right. You got to be careful. Yeah. No, it's interesting, too. A, a story that I was talking when I'm doing my research said is uh, Michael Kreese or Michael Cries, mm-hmm. he opened up the Fulton Brewery. And which is also, a, again, I guess it was, a, it was also a, a place where you could buy beer, like a saloon and also a brewery as well. Charged all of five cents for a beer, but he got free lunch out of it. Yeah, which is kind of a good deal. But they um, made it very salty, so you want to drink more and more and more, right? Is that is that how it worked? Oh, absolutely. You know, same way with uh, bar snacks. I mean, when we were growing up, you remember the the peanuts, the pretzels, oh, yeah, the beer you know? nuts back in the day. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They put some Chex Mix or peanuts or yeah. pretzels out there. For yeah, you. you know, and you're. You, you wonder why, oh, this is nice, you know. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. the same way. They, well, the free lunch would bring people in, of course. Of course. You know, and it was usually like salty meats and, you know, crackers and, and uh, anchovies mm-hmm. and anything else that, you know, that were uh, salty and, and, you know, get you in. And then give you a token. If you were a good customer, they'd give you a saloon token. And uh, that way you could come back and get your first beer free. Let's see. But that They're is exactly already, yeah. why Sneaky. the free lunch got banned. Exactly. It became yeah. part of the law later was mm-hmm. that. Mm, no, yeah. because then you're luring people in to... But we can't have that. Their right. <laughs> Don't be encouraging people to come drink. the moral party comes into power. That's and just right. Where's, them row- where's that rowdy party that's when you right, That's so. right. Now, now so guys, so the, fir- the first brewery in Atlanta was around 1850. Is that right? Or the first, uh, I guess, recorded brewery? The fir- yeah, the first, the first one's 1850s. That's uh, Egidius Fector. 
mm-hmm. uh, who's basically the godfather of brewing in Atlanta. Okay. Um, he's the he's the guy, if you will. If you had to point to somebody who's you know, because I mean, it's all over the Atlanta Constitution back in the days. You know, this is the guy. Uh, they're talking about his death. You know, that opened the first brewery in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, it's over on the west side, uh, and it's um, in the 1850s. And he he sort of kind of goes through, um, you know, and and goes over into the days of the Atlanta City Brewery, which is the beginnings of the longest running brewery in Atlanta history. Um, him and his uh, brother Dionys Vector are two big players in the uh, in the Atlanta beer history. Both of them uh, Germans. Both uh, of whom you can visit at Oakland Cemetery. A very yeah. cool awesome. Okay, yes. the tour, right? exactly. They're reclining it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we, got, we got about a minute and a half left in the segment, too. We want to get to uh, some modern uh, history a little bit later in the next segment. But first, yeah. of course, Civil War. Uh, during the Civil War, were they able to still brew, or did it basically everything shut down? Well, um, and that's a that's a really good question. Um, it, and we had a hard time finding stuff during the Civil War. Uh, there is a, another gentleman buried in Oakland um, who uh, the uh, from the Kant's family. And there is a, a quote basically saying that he continued to brew during during the Civil War. But I think it was very controlled. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after the end of the Civil War, when Sherman came, basically destroyed the entire city, I'm sure everything shut down for, for several years after that. There was, yeah, there was a shutdown period in there. Uh, I think the brewery, if I remember correctly, the brewery made through fine, but because um, uh, he was targeting more of military infrastructure. Sure. that's uh, I remember reading that at least one brewery survived, you know, when uh, yeah. when he came through. So We'll talk more about uh, some, at, some Atlanta and Georgia beer history. Coming back from the break, you're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. We're also at Tim's Will of the Week, too, so you want to stand by for that. Stick around. BeerGuysRadio.com. We'll be back right after this. This is Glenn Golden from Jailhouse Brewing Company. You're listening to the Beer Guys radio show. The Beer Guys are back right after this. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com Morgan and Lisa with Your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for a beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep, brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work. Or bring the family in. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all our beer events and specials, including beer tastings that you won't find anywhere else. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. Tell them that the beer guy sent you. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beer guys to become a sponsor. We're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor. And you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beer guys. Or you can go to BeerGuysRadio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support and cheers. 
It's Aaron and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer service are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food trucks daily, That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guy sent you. Ahoy there, mateys. Hunting whales? We've got you covered with Tim's Whale of the Week. Yar, we got some good ones here, don't we, this week? We do. We do. So I'm going to say... I struggled with this week. Yeah, Aaron. I, I love this was, on, on her notes. It says, "I have no idea." Yes, I, I was wasn't right. so. So here's the thing. There's a couple that I think people would like to look for, and there's a couple that we're hoping are going to make it to Georgia. So yep. I'm just going to give you that information. So uh, Wicked Weed had a couple hit this week. They had Metatropics, which is a Brett beer with tropical fruit. Sounds good. Little oh. funky tropical fruits there, and Omnipresence, which is a barrel aged sour with Cabernet grapes. Those nice. are both from Wicked Weed. So uh, we did it. We did end up confirming Creature Comforts Crescendo is going to be on in their tasting room on draft on the twenty fifth. So you can go over there and taste that. You'll have to wait till November first ish yeah. to get the cans from the tasting okay. room. And there's a beer that I've been waiting on for a while. I've heard it's made it as far as North Carolina. Evil Twins Michigan Maple Jesus. So I've that heard through the rumor mills that we should get some, but I haven't been able to concern uh, to confirm that. But I'm just going to throw out, if you're looking for Wells, keep an eye out for that one this week and let me know if you see it. Yeah. Because I want some of that. Yeah, definitely. So, Buy one extra for Tim. So and that's then, it, man. Yeah, so. Yes. Very cool. Well, we're back uh, with the talking some Atlanta beer history with Ron Smith and Mary O'Boyle, the authors of Atlanta Beer, a heady history of brewing in the hub of the South and then a brand new one, or a relatively new one, about prohibition in Atlanta. Thank you for the uh, the cues there, Tim. I appreciate that. I want that. to interject something here. Yes. We're just going to brush the very, very surface oh, yeah. of this stuff in our conversations. Because I'm looking at our notes here, guys, and there's I'm skipping over things in that. We're going to touch on this. Go out and get the books, y'all. There's Definitely. interesting information in here. Uh, there's some fascinating history of different locations and beers and breweries in that. Yep. We're going to give you a little taste of it here. We'll put a link in our post on our website to get the books. Yeah, bloody link you to should Amazon, get so you should get that, them. and so, it's, it's fantastic. So, so, guys, um, one interesting question one of our, our Facebook uh, Live uh, listeners had uh, was, what kind of styles were they brewing back then uh, during the pre-Civil uh, War era and right there in the uh, in the Reconstruction area? What were some of the popular styles? Well, the, the um, GGS Fector's first brewery, uh, he basically produced, uh, and I always have trouble pronouncing this word, shank beer. Okay. Um, which is basically a, um, for the lack of a better, we'll call it steam beer. Uh, So it's a hybrid type, you know, beer that uh, basically he wanted to produce the laggers of his home country, but uh, he didn't have sellers at that point. Okay. And so he's using a hybrid yeast to basically do a rapid fermentation. And steam beers are fairly popular back then, too. I think Anchor Steam, of course, in San Francisco is the most popular example of it now. But uh, I know that those... Those those were fairly popular back then. They, they were, yeah. they were. You see them, you know. A lot of people, I think, associate those with the West Coast, but they were also over on the East Coast. Um, uh, and then from there, it went on to, uh, you know, when they when they moved in um, the eighteen uh, nineties, and they went downtown to, 
at where the Hilton Hotel is now, mm-hmm. actually, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they had lagering cellars, and they produced uh, true lager, and they would uh, export some of this lager too. They would put in that lovely stoneware. I've seen those bottles; yeah, very cool. You know, yeah, corked and caged, yeah. by the way, which yeah. is you know historically accurate as well. Um, you do see people uh, producing uh, porter back then. Um, basically, the way that they would describe things is they would say, uh, "I'm producing porter, I'm producing ale, and I'm producing beer." And the word beer there basically means lager. Okay. And gotcha. ale could be pale ale. It could be, you know, whatever the ale that they had at the moment, including that porter, uh, stouts and different things like that. But uh, they uh, they did box, you know, May box uh, primarily, or uh, the lighter color box uh, in general. But they, uh, on top of that, you do see a reference in 1865 that they are importing an IPA. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. So um, English. English. Okay. Yeah. At that point, yeah. English. Yeah. Uh, Americans did pick up brewing IPAs in, in the English style at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, a little bit, a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a decent diversity of beer. I think a lot of people think it's either you know either base ale or or just lagers, but it was it was a mixture. Interesting. Now something uh, the people you talked about not having cellars for lagering at that time. Again, people may not think about it. This time frame we're talking about, we're in Atlanta, so it's hot. Yeah. Uh, they they either had no refrigeration or actual ice blocks to, to chill and then moved to, uh, I believe, a piping system with uh, cold pipes, right? So, right. you yeah. know, it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, over in, in Germany where you could, you know, get down in the cellar and have cooler temps. It just wasn't feasible here in Georgia at the time. Yeah, early on. I mean, they didn't have lagering cellars, and they did upgrade and actually have, uh, you know, an, an ice system. But that's mm-hmm. that's a little bit later on. That's down in their in their Hilton cellars. Yeah. They just kept you know increasing the technology, but they used anhydrous ammonia and pipes and. But would they make... had a well. Yeah, they had that, a that right. was one of had the interesting the well. things about the cellars, which are yeah. now parking decks, is that they actually had a freshwater well. So we. There's interesting. some interesting first-hand accounts of all that. And these, because the, the breweries at that time were uh, steam, coal-fired mm-hmm. steam, right? So, right. and something that I found out in your book that I didn't realize is fire was a risk at the time at oh, breweries because yeah. you had, you know, tons and tons of coal there. So it's uh, it's interesting to look at some of the risks of brewing yeah. back then and to think of how the process has changed, you know, over the yeah, years. coal fire and then some, add that to, like, the malt that's all dusty and everything like <laughs> yeah. that. And you're you're going to blow things up if you're not careful. Good right? stuff. And that's then the exploding beer kegs were a reality in occasion. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah when yeah. transport, right? Yeah, in yeah. transport. There was a guy in a uh, saloon. I don't think it was Atlanta, but I think it, um, it was close here in the southeast. That I guess the, the barrel was out in the sun for a while. He rolled it around. The thing exploded, Ooh. and the head of the barrel caught his face. And um, <clears throat> ripped it and then the uh, stuck into the ceiling. Oh man! So, wow! Yeah, that's some power. That's some powerful <laughs> had, beer right there. I've yeah. had a bottle blow up home yeah. brewing before, and I have a, I keep them all in a cabinet. And I was upstairs, and it was like my second batch of beer, and I hear a noise like a a boom and a shatter, and I'm like, for a half a second, I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, you know what? I know what that is. So <laughs> went down there, but it shot up into this thick wood. It flipped the broken neck over and wedged it into the top of this cabinet. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of fourth contents under pressure, right? That's it. it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I, guys, there's so much with there the historical yeah. here. We could talk to speed through it. So, uh, Atlantic <laughs> Brewery grew to be one of the biggest breweries during that. Uh, they were here almost a hundred years, right? Right. And like we, we mentioned, they were where the Hilton is now. 
and uh, they closed, I think, around 1955, mid-50s, uh, because beer taste started changing at that time. We were talking about the beers of the time. Taste started changing, correct? And advertising, big beer. Big beer was an issue even back then. And uh, so they closed due to changing tastes and uh, advertising from the big beer guys that they just couldn't compete with. Is that is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, that was a so, real competition problem. They just yeah. couldn't. And then we went about four decades before we had another brewery yeah. in Atlanta. No, no, we did right? have Carling that came in in the 50s, right? right? Okay. That yeah. Canada yeah. Yeah. Canada yeah. yeah, 58 uh-huh. to 72. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they tore that building down earlier this year. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah. uh, I thought was a bummer. Yeah. It's like, you know, and yeah, it's a chain and all that, but it's still, but still you know, that was, you know, seeing the, <laughs> the a historic yeah. brewery go down is always a sad thing. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, and now, and then you went several decades after that. And then finally we have uh, Atlanta Brewing Company opening up in 1993, which we're having one of their beers right now. Their new version is the Red Brick 20th anniversary. Right. So Garrett Lockhart just joined us on oh, cool. uh, Facebook. So hey, Garrett. Garrett, we're enjoying Garrett. your 20th anniversary beer right now. And it's fantastic. It really is age well. So, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. very good. So. so, so, so they opened in 1993 and then you had Marthasville, in 94, and then Dogwood, which was Crawford Moran, from who now runs Five Seasons West Side. Slice and Pint. Uh, Slice and Pint, yep. Yeah. So in 1996, so what kind of started that craft beer boom over again? Was it just these guys starting off anew and coming around? Well, I, I, I think the the start, of course, happens out on the West Coast. Yep. And, you know, with people um, like New Albion and um, Anchor Steam, Sierra Nevada, uh, over on the East Coast here, Boston Beer Company. And, you know, John Mayer with uh, Alaskan Brewing and, and Rogue, I think, you know, that was the inspiration. And, and as you pointed out, um, you know, the death of uh, a lot of these regional brewers early on was because they tried to compete with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Well, with the craft beer movement that's coming, uh, you know, in contemporary history, they decided that they were going to compete against the imports and not okay. the big Pilsner the macros, guys. Yeah. yeah, so they were you know edging into the import market. The import market wasn't great. I mean, you're coming over in container ships, hot, mm-hmm. everything else. So, that was actually reflected on menus for a while when, when micro-brews at the time came yeah. out because you'd see domestics and imports and what our right, yeah. micros or crafts are now, you know, fall under that category of imports at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Guys, we're going to need to take a quick break here. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're talking to Ron Smith and Mario Boyle about Atlanta's beer history, and we will be right back. This is Nick Tanner with Cherry Street Brewing. You're on Beer Guys Radio. The Beer Guys are back right after this. Morgan and Lisa with your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for a beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep. Brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work or bring the family in. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all our beer events and specials, including beer tastings that you won't find anywhere else. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. Tell them that the beer guy sent you. Hey, it's Aaron. I want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor. It's Hopspot Beer Tours of Atlanta. Now, there's a lot of tours out there, but what makes Hopspot Beer Tours different? Well, you get exposure. There's more to Atlanta craft beer than just breweries. A Hopspot Beer Tour gives you the who, what, where, and when to craft beer right here in Atlanta and the state. Education. Whether you're a native, a transplant, or a visitor, you'll always learn something new. And connection. Hopspot connects you to guests, local breweries, and businesses 
to create those lasting relationships. We invite you to check out what makes HopSpot different. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at HopSpotATL, and of course, visit HopSpotBeerTours.com. Use promo code BEERGUYS10 and receive 10% off your order. HopSpot Beer Tours. Hop on, get connected. That's HopSpotBeerTours.com. Hey, it's Aaron, and you know what I hate? When I miss a favorite TV show and forget to DVR it. Don't let this tragic tale happen to you when it comes to Beer Guys Radio. Subscribe to us on demand. It is easy. If you've got iTunes, Stitcher, or any other iOS or Android podcast app, search for us, or go to BeerGuysRadio.com, click Listen, and you can copy and paste the RSS feed. While you're there, by the way, give us a review. It really helps. That's Beer Guys Radio on demand. Catch it today. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You want some advice? Well, yeah. Well, here's all you need to know. Classes, nothing before 11. Beer, it's your best friend. You drink a lot of it. Women, you're freshmen, so it's pretty much out of the question. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. And welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. BeerGuysRadio.com. And, of course, we're on the socials as well. We are talking, trying to run the gamut here. We're talking Atlanta beer history not doing it any justice, by the way, by only having it. We could have like a four-hour show. Well, yeah, on this. we've we've got a lot of notes here. We just haven't haven't yeah. been able to no, cover. No, Arthur's so. Ron, uh, Ron Smith and Mario Boyle are in the studio with uh-huh. us today, and you brought homebrew. I did. I love homebrew. What what do we got here? We we have a stout, and um, you know, this is actually <clears throat> I have not brewed a lot. I've done a lot of studying on beer. Okay. Through the years, I mean techniques and everything, but this is I mean literally we're talking my fourth. I'm on my third, okay. so it's okay. I'm right there with you, so I understand, yes. But uh, we'd love to crack it open. Yeah, absolutely. And, and while you do so, you know, we're going to skip, like I said, way ahead. This yeah. is a fascinating topic. You really need to subscribe or, or, or get the books. Uh, we'll have a link to that also Thanks, on BeerGuysRadio.com when we, yes, uh, we, when we post the, the show. Um, let's nowadays, talk about laws. Uh, yeah, let's talk about laws. Let's talk favorites. about beer laws. Exactly. And, and Mary, I believe uh, you're going to talk to us a little bit about the craziness that was and is Georgia beer laws. I'm going to try to do this in one minute. See, and 37 okay, seconds, you got it. Let's we'll do see this. this. Let's goes. do this. Okay, so roll back the clock. The first time Fulton County voted itself dry was 1885. Mm-hmm. It it didn't. They actually didn't go for the two year option renewal because it created great discord in the city. People were not happy. The fours and against, but it was in effect for a year and it was very messy. Then what happened was we roll forward and things seemed to calm down, but there were organizations that were gaining a lot of power that started in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the Anti-Saloon League that came on board. We have the Women's Christian Temperance Union. I won't go into too much about that, but interesting connections between the suffrage movement and prohibition movement. Mm -hmm. So just interesting connections that we didn't expect to find. Gotcha. We end up building up to Georgia actually passing restrictive laws long before national prohibition and that's the part that most people don't realize so once they got it passed that we're going to do something called local option which they had to basically vote to have it means okay you municipality get to decide what you're going to do right and you can be more restrictive you can't be less restrictive than any other laws Mm -hmm. that were in place but you could be more restrictive so so what ended up happening was 1908 we go into a, a state prohibition that tightens in 1917 called the Bone Dry Law. It was one of the most restrictive laws all across the country. Because and, it and started it, as kind of phases, right? You can't you can't drink beer on premise at a saloon. You can't do this. You could have we talked a little bit earlier about the non intoxicating beer, which right. I near thought beer would be, was a huge thing. Yeah, there's a near whole beer for thing them with near beer. meant 
up to four percent, right? So <laughs> it's nearly it, beer. We call that session nowadays. Session exactly. beers weren't even beer back <laughs> then. Exactly. So okay. Well, and and what ended up happening was with every set of laws, new loopholes got identified and exploited pretty heartily. So the jug train, if you couldn't buy it locally, but there was no restriction not to buy it from somewhere else, then you place an order with basically a distributor mm-hmm. that would bring it, you know, up from the south, yeah. down from the north. Mm-hmm. So the so there were trains running alcohol in, basically, because that wasn't restricted. So what ended up happening was, over time, these loopholes start getting closed so that, you know, you can't produce it. You It can't cross interstate lines. That became, that was actually a federal, okay, a, a yeah. U.S. Postal Service yeah. law. So that kept, made it illegal to ship or bring across. Mm-hmm. So you start layering all this stuff in to the point where you couldn't own it. And that was actually in place even before national prohibition came around is that it was illegal to own an alcoholic beverage in your home in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. Okay. And and at that time, you know, we we see, you know, politicians fighting for this side or that side of the laws, but there was a, a, I don't know if this this was probably a little before that, the, the locker clubs. Yeah. That was a workaround because uh, it was a private was club. Private club. You yes. could go in there and keep it yes. under lock and key. Yes. And when they first tried to get rid of the locker clubs, there were a lot of politicians that were opposed to it. Yeah, because they were members access. of the club, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. And but, actually, one of the big players, you know, is famous for saying, I don't care how a man drinks, I care how he votes. So there was a huge, not that hypocrisy might be present today, in other, no. <laughs> never no. happens. I have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we don't That's know what right. I'm talking. But um, but yeah, certainly you know. So people were protecting their interests, and there was part of the whole thing was to keep people that were suspect. Like I know that if you drink, you can't handle it. You've shown to me you can't handle this. Sure. And there were racial divides along mm-hmm. those lines. So the people who had the money and the access sort of stayed protected for a period of time. But then yeah. it got riskier and riskier because the lies lost tightened down. So the I'm not, I'm past one minute and thirty seven seconds, but trying to say that um, our laws layered up, and when national prohibition overlaid, it was not as stringent actually as the Georgia as the law. Georgia prohibition. But we kept wow. ours uh, quite okay. stringent. Now we've spent what uh, another almost a hundred years trying to undo. Yeah. That's bringing the those layers yes. off. So right. that's yeah. Ron's analogy is the onion. And so. there's and there's still a lot of bits and pieces of the laws from back 100 years ago that are still in play today. We talked about the the blind tigers where you'd go in where they couldn't, one step in the prohibition was they couldn't sell you a drink, but they could say, you know what, I got this blind tiger or this blind pig. Come over here and pay me a nickel to see this blind pig and I'll give you a drink. So, and you can take a tour, and then you get a that's souvenir. Right. Take at a the tour, end of the get time. your souvenir. That's right. Uh, they've that's been cool. so this so that our modern beer laws we can trace them back 160 years ish there. So, yes, and, yeah. and now that we are the last uh, state to not have self distribution, hopefully that'll change very soon. Fun, as well. fun. So, yeah. so Dron Smith, Mario Boyle, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate oh, it today. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. We appreciate it. It's been an absolute blast. We definitely need to get you back again because, like Just I said, touch the surface on this. on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so much more to cover. Definitely. Speaking of things to cover. We've got the hot list. Time for the hot list. The beer guys have the scoop on what you need to know for next week. That's hot. So in Alabama, we've got uh, lots of things going on. It's been a, a pretty busy week, actually, for us. Uh, we have not one but two breweries opening in in the uh, lovely state of Alabama. So, so that's definitely a lot of fun uh, for folks there. Uh, we've got Ghost Train Brewing. Their grand opening is going to be uh, on Saturday and Sunday, so as you're listening to this now, go ahead out and check them out. Brand new brewery opening in Birmingham. So for Friday and Saturday, so for next week, 
Big Beach Brewing in Gulf Shores, Alabama, is having their official grand opening. They've had a soft opening for about a week or so, so you can probably go in and check them out. But uh, their official grand opening, again, is going to be uh, next weekend. Monday at Salty Nut in Huntsville, we're going to have a candy and beer pairing. Halloween, of course, right around the corner, so it's always fun to have that kind of stuff going on. And speaking of, it's Pumpkin Fest on Wednesday at Wish You Were Beer in Madison. Lots of stuff in Georgia. How about that? Good uh, time, man. So we've got a lot. I'm going to just try and barrel through these. Throughout the weekend, uh, Atlanta Beer Week continues. Lots of events. Check out atlantabeerweekcut.com for the full list of events there. So uh, today, uh, if you've got time, uh, going up Roswell Beer Tour with Hopspot Beer Tour is one of our sponsors. Check them out there. Uh, You'd use code BEERGUYS10 for 10% off your tour ticket with those guys. There's a mead and mischief party up at Viking Alchemist. In Marietta, if you like mead, go check that out. Red Hair Sticky Stout release. So that's a popular beer from them. It's releasing again here uh, this uh, today. So keep an eye out for it. Very nice. Uh, on Sunday, there is the Farmily Dinner with Wrecking Barn Farm. So that looks like a very cool event. I thought you misspelled so, that at first, but no, I did. It's actually I thought that. I misspelled okay. it at first, so I had to go back and look. It is the Farmily Dinner, yeah. And at uh, another one of our sponsors, Your Pie Perimeter, has their Sunday Fun Day. Mm-hmm. They have featured pints there for only uh, three dollars and fourteen cents. On Tuesday, there's the Pints and Pies costume run at Red Brick. Uh, on Wednesday, we've got the one-off Wednesday at Red Brick Halloween trivia at Your Pie Perimeter. On Thursday is Pint Night with Gate City. That's at Your Pie Perimeter. They've got a lot of events. They do. We're going to be there, too, on that Thursday. Yes, we will be there. So so Gate City will be out there. They're going to have a featured beer from them for... 314. Nice. You see a theme here, I so do, check yes. it out. And uh, Reformation's third anniversary weekend starts next Thursday. Excellent, excellent. So that's uh, my little hometown brewery there. They're doing good stuff. They're great people. Yep. One that will be worth checking out. And next Friday, the Unholy Halloween Party at Abbey of the Holy Goats. That sounds spooktacular. Do everything that week. You got your full week planned. And for I've you. got another one to throw in, by the way, on Friday uh, afternoon, Stout Brothers Smyrna Beer Market. They're having a Red Brick Tap Takeover, there too. There you go. So, All right. Uh, Get your growler of some uh, some rare beers from Red Brick. Uh, One there more Brothers. event to do. We're crazy, man. We're crazy today. Good stuff. Hey, um, got a couple of a minute left. Let's do a giveaway. A giveaway. I've got a giveaway to give away right here, and we're giving that away to Steve Boyd. Congratulations, Steve. Steve, thanks for following us along. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Drop us an email to beerguys at beerguysradio.com. With your mailing address, and we'll send you a swag pack out. That's right. We got some cool stuff in the swag We cellar. definitely do. Some stuff from uh, guys called Jester King. I just kind of yeah, from there. Yeah. So uh, lots yeah. of cool stuff out there from, from local uh, breweries and national breweries. Yeah. So if you want uh, to sign up, head to uh, beerguysradio.com. Sign up for This Week in Georgia Beer. You will get a nice uh, list of the things going on, bottle releases and events across Georgia curated by my friend Tim here, and uh, only once a week. We don't spam you, so uh, sign up for This Week in Georgia Beer and be entered to win our giveaways to give away. Got a couple of seconds here. This is a really good homebrew, by the way. This is. For, for your third I batch, like it a lot. Very nice. I like nice. this a lot. It's a really nice, really nice stuff. Congratulations. So, yes. So, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thanks, y'all. We enjoy it quite a lot, so very nice. It's And it's getting close enough to stout season. That's, I know. Uh, I, I, yeah. This is my favorite time of the year when yeah. we get the stout season coming on. Yeah, it's the gonna... most wonderful time of the year. It always is. We transition yeah, so. from pumpkin beer to the Christmas yeah. beer, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. So. We keep tweaking this one, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll bring you it's the... It's delicious. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. You say you get some good. vanilla on that. Put a little more vanilla on it, I think, and uh, I think exactly. you've got a winner. I yeah. really yeah. do. I get the smoothness from the vanilla. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Kind of the essence of the... Of You're the, right. 
vanilla there. So that's uh, that is really good. So that's guys. You missed, mentioned something earlier. We haven't got to mention it yet. Uh, where can people go if they want to check you out? That is, in fact, dun, dun, handily dun. written. Boozehistoryatl.com. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Check There's, it out. And you have you said something with malts and vaults that you wanted to mention. Yeah, correct? we. Um, so the first book, Atlanta Beer Book. Mm-hmm. Ron got a crazy idea since we couldn't find any buildings that still remained. Where are the beer folk? Where's some beer history? It's it's actually at Oakland Cemetery. Okay. So all the proceeds go to support the historic Oakland Foundation that maintains the cemetery. There's one actually, um, the next tour is going to be the Saturday after Thanksgiving. All right. At three in the afternoon. And we'll be there signing books. And we do sell books, sign books directly. I was just going to interject that. Nothing against any other avenue, but we do sell directly. So boozehistoryatl.com will get you... Get you there. Awesome. And, get and, you there. and we're going to put a link up, too, we'll on, put the, links, on the show notes. All that, and all that good, good stuff, stuff up so. there. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, Mary, again, Ron, thank you so much. Uh, coming up next week, we're going to get a little bit beer nerdy. These guys are kind of nerds, and it's a good thing. Arches coming on to the show oh, uh, today. Excellent. Those nice guys are guys, awesome. Good brewery. Yes. Absolutely. So, thanks for listening to Beer Guys Radio. We're going to be on the socials all week long, so check us out and subscribe to our podcast and our website. So, we'll talk to you next week. Don't forget, drink local. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're on demand via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always online at BeerGuysRadio.com. Aaron and Tim are back next week with more about the amazing world of craft beer. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.